Coming up, we talk the latest preseason game for your New Jersey Devils taking down the rival Rangers. How that special teams has really come together this offseason and what to expect from the fourth line. We dive in coming up next. Yes, sir. It is DPL, the Devil's Puck Luck podcast, where you know I am your host, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down not only the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast, but also your New York football giants on the one giant podcast, flying solo for a midday post-game recalibration on the New Jersey Devils. They took down the Rangers. Again, the Devils remain undefeated in the postseason. This one, a 5-2 victory with a little empty netter just for good measure at the back end. We're going to talk about, obviously, expectations for this roster going down to the fourth line. But at a high level, there's still a lot of consistent takeaways that we continue to see from this team when we look at camp and some of these preseason matchups. Most notably, you know, this game had just 21 and 19 shots, respectively. The Devils having two fewer than the Rangers. And again, you want to throw in the empty netter as well. Um, but the Devils overall, this offseason, off season, this training camp and preseason, have done a really nice job of maximizing their opportunities. And it really just speaks to what we believe is going to be a very potent offense, right? And, and the difference that I've seen from last year to this year, and we know at the top line they're adding in a player like Toffoli has clearly further helped to unlock Jesper Bratt, who puts more goals in the back of the net in this one. But it just feels like there is a confidence and a consistency in the final third that affords the Devils to do more of what we wanted last year and attention to detail, moving the puck, finding the opportunities. But then likewise, when those chances come, making sure you take advantage of them, putting the pucks on net, and giving yourself a chance to get some goals. So we think about the face-off scenarios here. The Devils only won 46% of the face-offs in this game, though we do want to go inside just a little bit deeper here on the box score to note the key players that were having success or not uh, when it comes to those offensive zone face-offs especially. But Hala came in with 40%, 1-4, lost 6, split down the middle for Nico Heischer, 50% for him, 50% for Jack Hughes as well when he stepped into that circle. Other notables would be fourth-line center McLeod. He came away with 3-3 three and three as well. And then you have guys like Dawson Mercer who stepped in there, one win, two losses. Overall, though, the face-offs have been a, another positive this training camp for the New Jersey Devils. They've been going in there with consistency and winning those. And again, especially all the way down to the fourth line, which we'll talk about a little bit more in depth here coming up. When you think about what this team is capable of offensively, it needs to start when those opportunities come in the offensive zone to win those pucks, to set up the offense, and to give yourself a chance to have some success. Really, even um, when we talk about the uh, minutes breakdown here in terms of shifts everybody offensively i mean nobody received outside of a uh, palat actually over 16 minutes for him everybody else really pretty consistent there interesting too that uh curtis lazar actually only played 1235 in this one but if we're going to start to highlight some of the guys that we really liked coming out of this game it, it's hard not to look at lazar and continue to see now what maybe we could have seen had he been healthy or had he been able to uh, get himself in with this team last season down the stretch and into the postseason, right? He 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 is a scrapper. He is a grinder. We said this last episode, and that continued to carry over in this one as well. He's also an irritant. Like, I think every team needs a couple of those guys that are going to get underneath the skin of the opposition, 
it looks like he could be one of those. And inside of this game, by the way, at a high level, this was not a preseason game. This, this was a rivalry game between the Devils and the Rangers. This was chippy throughout. There were some big hits. There were some questionable hits. Could have been a boarding call. I think we all agree there. And especially in a preseason game, you would have hate to have seen something happen to one of the key players for the New Jersey Devils. But you got Timo Meyer laying out a big hit. You got Ball thrown out a big hit. All clean hits on the Devils side, by the way. But it just starts to give you a little bit of this sample size of, I think, how the Devils can start to be the both and offensively minded, offensively driven, but we know they still need to be able to indicate that they can be physical when called upon, that they're not going to get pushed around the ice. That's something that we need to watch for in the early parts of this season. Beyond that, though, too, we mentioned there you see at the top special teams, power play continues to be excellent and the penalty kill continues to be excellent for the New Jersey Devils. So another strong point here for this preseason has been addressing areas of need, right? We know the power play was not good enough last season. It was not clinical enough, and you still had, even then, you had plenty of offensive talent, yet you weren't able to unlock that. So power plays, as we know, four power play opportunities for the Rangers, five for the Devils. It went just uh, one power play conversion, so just 25% defensively on special teams, but getting five goals there on the power play opportunities for the Devils, clicking it at 60%. They're up at 43 44%. And we know that that would be a historic record when we get to the regular season. Listen, we'll wait for this all to translate to the regular season, but you still have to like it. You have to like the puck movement. You have to like the integration. Dougie Hamilton running one at the point. The other one, is, as Lindy Ruff has said, it's 1A, 1B. You got Luke Hughes involved. The Hughes brothers are on another line together. And then when you flip it over to the defensive side of this thing and the penalty kills, this is where it gets a little interesting. And we'll talk about here coming up in a second, that fourth line, Lazar, no check. What are we thinking here? And what does it mean in terms of how this roster is potentially going to shake out as we move towards the regular season? Are there any real shakeups that could come here? Or should we take kind of what we saw last night as an indication of how things are going to be going into the regular season? Before we get into that, though, we're going to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings because you know that NFL has been back now for a month already, a month into the NFL season. And if you want to get in on that action, you know that DraftKings has some great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. You throw $5 down on any matchup that you like on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday and you're going to still come out a winner, regardless if your bet may have been a bit of a loser. And DraftKings isn't stopping there because all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day as well. So make sure you're checking in over on DraftKings.com. Football, frankly, it's just more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up today with promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 back instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org, please. 
play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hills Casino and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, Canada. Our friends to the north. Csportsbook.draftkings.com uh, slash football terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance and eligibility and deposit restrictions. Why? We know that they do apply. So the penalty kill. No check is out there on that. And I, I think when we walked through this game, if I actually go to my, let me try to go to my notes here. So we want to hit some of the highlights, but these are some of the most critical things I think that we're looking at now is where is this fourth line? Is there any movement here? Potentially it's going to happen. We've been having some very interesting and fun conversations um, with fans about the final pairing defensively as now it looks like, and we'll talk about that second line is going to see an elevation for ball and he's going to be in there with Marino on the second pairing. Um, Brat was in great form tonight. As we know, it's a nice job by ball throughout this game. And then Lazar, here's, here's what I like as we talk fourth line before I get too scattered. Um, I thought Lazar did a couple of good things. And I thought that no check being on the penalty kill is a good sign as well. Lazar was doing a nice job pinching at the right times, putting pressure uh, in, in the uh, neutral zone and forcing a couple turnovers early in this one. And then Nocek being on the penalty kill and looking like he held his own. This is where you can get an indication that if we think about this team and we think about the lineup, it, 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 this looks like it, this is what it's going to be. We're not going to see, I, I think, going into the regular season, a lot of change or wiggle room from what we've gotten to this point. And that's a positive thing. We know that Lindy Ruff is capable of switching things up and it shouldn't be an indication that he's not going to uh, switch things up here as we work our way through. But Alexander Holtz in this game, yes, he had a couple of moments where I, I, I think there were not, not careless passes, but I think more risky, right? A little bit more risky passes, trying to get those outlets, a couple of them connected. And that was fantastic. A couple of them didn't quite get there. So he needs to continue just to refine himself and just be clinical on the offensive end of the ice. And then they mentioned in the broadcast, Holtz did a great job tracking back and making sure that he was pestering those Rangers entering the offensive zone. So an attention and, and defensive-minded detail is important for him as you continue to work your way through that second line. So to Foley, Hughes, and Jesper Brad up at the top line, Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, and Alexander Holtz on the second line. Sal, by the way, uh, mentioned in the inter, uh, intermission there that he thinks Holtz will need to be a 20-goal scorer this season in order to maintain that second-line status. So there is, and Danny talked about this, right, 15 to 20-goal scorer for him. There is a pressure there and certainly a weight coming from the coaching staff that this is your opportunity, but you need to capitalize. Palat, Holla, and Mercer, I, really, I'm liking what I'm seeing from that line, and I think it's all the more reason why you want Holtz to be successful because Mercer, who arguably could very easily be up on that second-line pairing, I just like the combination, of Danny, as Danny and I have talked about, with Palat, with Holla, and maybe seeing those opportunities kind of come forward here as we work our way into the regular season. No, sec McLeod, uh, no check, excuse me, McLeod and Lazar. Listen, we, we, we've talked about who could the healthy scratches be. Danny said maybe Thompson, right? We, we've had those conversations about foot. Is it possible? Sure. But when you put a veteran player like Nocek onto the penalty kill unit, this is where I think it starts to crystallize some things, right? Because, and we don't know if these things are going to stay cemented, but when he's out there on one of the kill units, 
Well, then now you have to think back, right? Or are we going to see Thompson or will we see foot in one of those scenarios? If not, no check. And it's going to be another veteran. Who would you pivot to? And this can come down to just getting some guys some rest throughout the final couple of preseason games. As I mentioned, you think about some of the players, Lazar only having 12 and a half minutes of ice time. Does that give you an indication? We can actually go and take a look at him, by the way, and see what his ice time has been in recent games as well, but he's the only one that sees a little bit less. He took a, I think he took a penalty in this game as well, though. I think he did. Um, but you know, you take a look at those things and then you look at those pairings down low where you have 21 plus minutes for ball. He's on that pairing with Mercer. Now you have Marino uh, with, with Marino, excuse me. He also played over 20 minutes and then you get down to the Brendan Smith and uh, Luke Hughes who played around 17 minutes together. But that fourth line now, I, I just think that this is the way that we go. And then same thing when we get into the defensive pairings, Siegenthaler, Hamilton, Ball and Marino, Hughes and Smith. Now, listen, I think Smith added some nice plays last night. And, and, and I think we just have to accept, as we have, that Smith is a bit of a mixed bag. Still a question about Miller. Still a question about is he acclimating? Is he getting used to things, used to the system? And then you could see him push. That, I think, is the most interesting question here. If we're talking about a Nemich and whether or not we think he's going to be a part of this NHL roster or not. Now, Danny and I are still going to finalize. Where does this team go from here? Are we talking about the young players? I mentioned Thompson. I mentioned Foot. Can they be healthy scratches on the offensive side? Can you get a Nemich up there as a healthy scratch on the defensive side? Even if you can, do you want that? Danny and I have debated it. The power play units continue to look very strong uh, when we look at those as well. They have been, they've been now for the second time here. We've seen consistency. Again, we had split squads. We had Jack Hughes not playing in certain games. So now it looks like the Hughes brothers are going to be on one of those pairs together. And then you'll go ahead and look to have uh, some of these other combinations, including Alexander Holtz, really help to explore the second unit or 1A unit and continue to be a threat with consistency. So, uh, you know, the penalty killing units are, are a little bit indicative here of maybe how things are going to play themselves out. Remember, we still have Bastion to consider here. What is going on? What's going to go on with him? Where does he fit into this hierarchy right now? And if you look at him as being one of the healthy scratches, then you only have these other two opportunities. So one of two, is it Thompson and Foote that are battling for that? Is there a player on the defensive side? That's what we'll wait to see. There's really nothing There's really nothing negative to now take out of this as the Devils remain undefeated throughout the preseason. That means nothing, relatively speaking, but it's better than losing, right? <laughs> I mean, it's better than losing these games. And Vitek Vanacek, for what it's worth, 19 saves on 21 shots, um, two goals against, but the one was a real, you have Siegenthaler goes down. It's kind of the worst case scenario. It's a near post. He goes down to a knee looking to get the block. He effectively does, but it gets underneath his skate. They say it goes off his glove. I think the reason why it's such a hard redirect is it hits the top of his stick that he's holding in that glove hand, and that just redirects it right into the five hole of uh, VTech. So overall, VTech had a very strong game in this one. I thought that the opportunities, the ebbs and flows of this game didn't look as um, drastic as sometimes it did against the Islanders where there were these real surges and then real lulls. This was regular season hockey. And because both teams were essentially running out their top team, it felt like that intensity was certainly building there as well. I got to tell you, um, I, I, we're winding down the preseason. It feels like this team is ready. You know, for everything that we've talked about, about some of these lower level guys, 
this team feels like it is ready to go into the regular season and ready to play at a high level. Watching special teams specifically in last night's game, the penalty kill units and the power plays, that's what you like to see. Now, the last power play for the Devils was a bit of a mess. They were outshot 3-1 to one on their power play. So that was certainly something that we don't want to see happen with too much consistency. But there was some sense of maybe this, this team kind of coming down to the, you know, winding down the phases of this game. And you still have guys that are getting themselves fully amped up for regular season play. So there's going to be a little bit, I think, of, of um, fatigue that you're not normally going to consider. Last note here on no check before we do before we do clean things up. Now, I'll actually say it about him and I'll also say it about Lazar. Because remember, he played, as Danny mentioned this, played on the bottom line for Boston and a a team that was deep. 66 games, 7 goals, 11 assists, 18 points, right? I I think you like the idea of looking at him, a player who got about 12 and a half minutes of ice time last year. He's always been in that kind of range, right? The interesting thing to me is he, he appears consistently in games year over year, going back to his time with Vegas as well. 67, 68, 67. The goals are all right in line. 7, 8, 8, 8, 7. The assists are all right in line. 8, 9, you know, picks it up a little bit over these last few seasons with 14 and 11 in Boston. And I think that that's something that can certainly happen here uh, when we think about him on this line combination. Now, especially, by the way, while they'll mix and match at times, if you get into that lower line pairing, if you get out there when you have Luke Hughes in the defensive pairing, well, then you know that you have an offensive-minded guy, and there's certainly some opportunities there. But that's going to mix and match as we get into it. So thinking about him and just understanding, he's 31 years old. He's a veteran. There's a clear ceiling to what his game is, but I think the acquisition speaks to what the Devils believe they have in front of them in the top two and even top three lines and just saying we want to have that consistency. And and Dan, Danny's spoken to this time and time again over the course of the podcast. Lazar, again, just to reiterate, they brought him in, didn't quite get all the way there last year, appearing in just four games. He's bounced around. I mean, you know, And I think maybe if we want to speak to what the greatest value there is, is you could say that this is a guy that has been from Ottawa to Calgary, back to Ottawa and Calgary and back again, uh, Buffalo. He's been to Boston, been to New Jersey, right? Played with Vancouver. He's a career lifer who is going to need time to fully uh, to fully access what his value will be to this team. We already see it, but now I think turning it over into the regular season and watching that production, that's going to be fun to watch. Never been a big goal scorer, never had more than eight goals in, in his career in a given season. That's playing over seven games, but that's not what the fourth line is about, right? The fourth line is about being consistent, being experienced, and frankly, with, with McLeod there in the middle of that line, he may actually, as I talked about and we've talked about on this podcast, he may be the guy that actually starts to really offensively come come open a little bit here in this upcoming season now that you've put these two veterans around him. Already thought that he had a great postseason. He was one of the young players that took that next step forward in the postseason last year. Now it's about watching to see, can he go ahead and take that postseason run and convert it over into some success in the upcoming season? When we go back just quickly here on him, 80 games, four goals, the 22 assists. I I won't be shocked 
if we see a little bit of this maybe start to balance out where there's a couple more goal-scoring opportunities for him this season, think back to 2021 when he had nine goals, just the six assists, only played in 52 games. But I, but I like the idea of him getting maybe becoming uh, you know, a 7-10 to 10 goal scorer, maybe put him closer like on the fringe of those double digits and seeing if that production can come here when you have guys like Lazar and right now, no check along with him on that line. What does it mean if you end up switching over to a Thompson? What does it mean if you end up going to a foot? Yeah. What does it mean if these lines get, get mixed up at all? That's TBD. But as it stands right now, I'm happy to go in to the regular season as currently constructed with the line set the way that they are and allow it to play itself out. The hope is that Holtz maintains that level. The hope is that Lazar looks the part that he has so far on the fourth line. The hope is that a guy like Dawson Mercer, who caught a goal in this game as well, is going to take his game to that next level. Not because he hasn't already been productive, not because he hasn't already been established, but this was said by Sal in the uh, intermission as well. He thinks that you could be talking about with Mercer staying on that third line rather than being elevated up, that we could be talking about the best third line in the NHL. That's something. When we're talking about clearly cementing a number one line with Bratton, Hughes, and Toffoli, with having, yes, a little bit of a question mark in Holtz and what he's going to be on line number two, but the idea that you could be wreaking havoc at the third line with a player like Dawson Mercer set in there is absolutely exciting. You have to love it. We talked about him comparing him to Holtz, taken in the same draft class, but coming into year number three here, man, already a big leap forward. From 17 to 27 goals year over year in the first two seasons. What are expectations here? I, I, I think, again, on that third line, yeah, 30 plus. 30 plus should very much be on, on point for him. While we'll give our key predictions around some of these guys as we move forward, I, listen, I don't want to overstate. So, you know, catch me in the tail here if, if it goes the wrong way. But I wouldn't be shying away from setting a 35 goal standard um, for a player like Dawson Mercer in the upcoming season. That being the case, um, we just went through it. We ran the gamut. There's a lot of details from this game that I do want to go back into, but but high-level stuff, right? Special teams playing well, fourth line coming together, and I think some key players throughout here that are going to have real opportunities. Luke Hughes continues to look very strong. He came back on a great defensive play uh, when, when he needed to to cut off a shot at the left post in front of Vitek. These are the kind of little incremental progress points you want to see from the young players, knowing that you have some established veterans and, and a clear hierarchy of who's going to be in the pecking order. So we will continue to break this game down into a fine powder. Uh, we'll continue to break down the preseason, and then we'll give our, our, our predictions. Who's going to be the lead dogs? Who are going to be some of the guys that can maybe give us a next level of offensive play? And then defensive stability. Do we feel fully confident in the three that we have set there? Smith, Miller, any change there at all. Danny and I will break that down as we work our way towards, man. We're coming down to it. Another preseason game to go here, and then we turn our attention to the regular season. You know you can follow us on YouTube at Devil's Puck Luck Podcast. You can also go over to Twitter at NJDevilsPL, on TikTok, on Snapchat, on Facebook, on Instagram, all at Devil's Puck Luck, at Danny the Face, and at Adam Armbrecht. Thanks for sticking with us here on a uh, Thursday midday show we'll go ahead and uh, keep wrapping these things up i think danny and i'll be back over the weekend talking all things new jersey devils Hi.